Hi, this is Debbie Taylor Williams. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. I'm so glad you're here and pray the Lord will speak to you through this message. God is going to use you. We see this uh, 21st point. He is the supplier of spiritual gifts. And so you might be saying, well, I just don't, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. I don't know how the Lord wants to use you, but he is the supplier. Trust me, we're going to be talking about as we listen, as we heed, as we respond to his promptings, he will guide us into that very work that he wants us to do. I never wanted to write a book in my life. I, I wasn't particularly good in English. I was just a regular student. I, I never even thought about writing anything, but I love the Word of God. I love to study it. I love to teach it. And it was through that God brought me into where he wanted me to also write it. And I tell you what, I squirmed, squirmed and I fussed and I cried when I was asked to write a book on prayer and had never had any intention of writing a book on prayer But the publisher who wanted to publish uh, the prayer journal, Prayers of My Heart, also wanted me to write a book on prayer to go with it. And I went home and I got on my knees and I was like, Lord, if you want me to write a book on prayer, I will, but I don't have a clue what to write on. And he prompted my heart to write on what I was speaking on, what I was teaching on. And then the publisher would say, well, you need to have your books available when you go and you speak. And I was just way too shy. And I was like, oh, no, that's going to look like I'm trying to promote myself. And it's going to look like I'm trying to sell stuff. And, Lord, I just I cannot do that. And, and one time as I was praying, he was like, Debbie, I did not give you those words to write. So they would sit in a box. I gave them to you because when people come and they hear you speak, that's one thing. But if they can go home and read and have what you've said there for future study or group studies or then to use it, the effort is multiplied. So God will do things sometimes in our lives that we don't want to do. We don't see the point in them. They're even uncomfortable for us to do. I was even shy about having that book table out there in the bag today because I thought, oh my gosh, I hope people don't think, you know, whatever. You know, if you don't want to pay for a book, just buy it. I don't care. I mean, pay if you don't want to pay for a book, just take it. However, as I say that, my uh, board of directors will shoot me because that's how we fund our ministry. But the point is, God will put us doing things that we might not even know or feel comfortable with at first. He supplies us with the spiritual gifts. And he's the one, our 22nd point, is the one who produces the spiritual fruit. We don't have to sit there and say, oh, I got to love this person. I got to love this person. I got to love this person. I've just got to love this person. Well, yes, we do need to love as Jesus loved us. But friends, it's not something that we just try to muster up. The fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, and the self-control are outworkings of the Spirit in us. The tree does not say, I just have to bud, I 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 have to bud. No, the tree is planted in the soil. The plant takes the nutrients from the soil. The plant drinks up the water that comes from the heaven. And the tree produces how it was meant to produce. And we, when we are soaked in the word, soaked with the filled with the Holy Spirit, soaking up this, the fruit will be produced. 
We see our 23rd point is that he teaches and he brings to remembrance Christ's words in John 14, 26. And we've already looked at John 14 quite a bit where it says that the Holy Spirit will teach us. Some of you may say, well, I don't know how to manage this. The Holy Spirit will teach us. I don't know how to raise this child. The Holy Spirit will teach. I don't know how to work out this marriage. The Holy Spirit will teach I don't know how to study my Bible. The Holy Spirit will teach. I don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit will teach. I don't know how to do this area that the church has asked me to do. The Holy Spirit will say it. The Holy Spirit leads believers. Romans 8.14 is a good verse to have highlighted in your Bible. He said in verse 13, if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body. So if you and I are living by the filling and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we will be putting to death our sin nature. We will be stopping those habits, those areas of carnality that the Spirit is set against. And it says this, you are putting to death the deeds of the body and you will live. There's that word live again. God is interested in us experiencing the abundant life. Verse 14, all who are being led by the Spirit, yes, Led, yes, led. Are you a believer who is being led by the Spirit? If you're not, then your prayer, my prayer is, Lord, I want you to lead me. Whether I should do this whether or not I should go and talk to this person, whether or not I should send this email. Lord, I do want you to lead me. And it's, it's a deep, sincere prayer. We've gotten to where in the church, a lot of times we close a prayer with, Lord, lead God and direct me. But those are maybe just words that are rolling off of our tongue because we're used to praying them. But the sincere lead me. And our 25th point is he affirms, he testifies, and he warns us. I know there are those of us, I don't know anyone hardly who might say, oh, I have never refused, I have never ignored the Holy Spirit. I would be shocked if we had not at least one time not heeded a warning of the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit has warned me before, and I did not heed him. Acts 20, 23, it tells us, Actually, verse 22, it says, Behold, bound in spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await us. Sometimes that warning is do not go there. Do not get on that chat room. Do not send that email. Do not say what you're getting ready to say. Sometimes the warning is to help us prevent walking in sin. But sometimes he warns us and he says, you're going to take that job and it's going to be hard. You're going to marry that person, get ready. You're going to adopt those babies, that's great. It's going to be tough. Right here, the Holy Spirit warned Paul that he was in every city, that bonds and afflictions were going to await him. Ladies and gentlemen, the Scripture has already told us that we are going to be tested, that in the world we have tribulation, not we're going to, we have it. 
So he warns us. He also guides us into all truth. And we've looked at this in John 16, 13. Our 27th point is the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. He identifies us as his, and he makes us bold. I shared that with you earlier regarding Peter and how he had at one time refused to even acknowledge that he was uh, with Jesus. And then over in Acts 3.13, I'm sorry, it's actually Acts 4.13, Peter and John have been preaching and teaching and baptizing people and healing the lame and preaching more. And the Pharisees didn't like it. So Peter and John were arrested. And as they brought them before them, verse 8 says, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. So there is a Christian who can be filled and there is a Christian who cannot be filled. So the scripture is clarifying for us, Peter filled. He is looking today for you and me to be filled. And he said, filled with the Holy Spirit. And he goes on preaching. And he says in verse 12, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by, what, by which we must be saved. Verse 13, now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as what? Having been with Jesus. Your grandchildren will be amazed at you when you've been with Jesus and the light of his countenance is on your face, not grumpy poppy, not mean Mimi. Our, our neighbors, our coworkers, our bosses will be amazed when we are filled and walking in the spirit because what happens is it identifies us as Christ and our being filled makes us bold. Romans 8, 16 says that the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. If you are sitting in this room right now or you are watching through the live streaming that is being offered and you are not a Christian, you're a seeker, maybe you just tuned in to see what was happening or you just came today to see what was going on and you are not sure you're a Christian, Romans 8, 16 says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit. Do you identify that? We have a spirit. There's a Holy Spirit. We have a spirit. There is a Holy Spirit. Pay attention in Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. You have a spirit. There's a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing what? Testifying, talking, being with your spirit. That is where the communion takes place. The Holy Spirit in our spirit. The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, what we are to do, how we make decisions, this is how, give me your ear. Give me your spiritual ear. Give me your ear. The Holy Spirit prays and intercedes for us is our 29th point. Our 30th point is that the Holy Spirit binds and fastens us to task. And we looked at this in Acts 20 or just a moment ago when I read one of the verses about him warning. But in Acts 20, verse 22, it says, And now behold, bound in spirit, with a capital S, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. You may have 
some spiritual gift that God has given you that you're supposed to go be a missionary somewhere and maybe that's not what your flesh would like, that you're bound in spirit to do it. You may think, oh, I'm going to stop teaching the children in the nursery, but you are bound in spirit. The Holy Spirit has bound you to that task. Um, I keep getting asked when I'm going to retire. All I know to say is this, I am bound in spirit to do what I do. So how has the Holy Spirit bound you in spirit to be doing what you're doing? Because he does that. He fastens us to task. He is the one by whom we walk and we live the abundant life is our 31st point. But oftentimes, you know what we can do? We can say, you know what? I need you to show me. I just need a picture. Give me a visual. Does anybody ever feel like that? I'm hearing who the Holy Spirit is. Give me a visual. And so I want to give you a visual. If you will humor me, I'm going to take you through a visual journey. I'm going to take you through a motion picture. I'm not sure what year it was. I think it was about 1993 that Ted Elmore, a man I never knew, that's his wife Cheryl with him, was asked to write a book on prayer. And he said that, the, I visited with Ted this week, and he said that the man who asked him to do it was a very spiritual man, and he, he felt that that was a task that he was supposed to give to Ted Elmore. Ted said that he struggled for a year not knowing what to write. So we're going to see the Spirit, first of all, moving on the man who asked Ted, who felt led by the Spirit to ask Ted. Ted, by the Spirit of God, knew he was supposed to take this assignment, but he struggled for a year not knowing what he was supposed to write about. After a year of praying, the Spirit led him what to write, and he wrote a book on prayer called Praying the Heart of God. I wish I knew who it was here in this church, Trinity Baptist Church, back in 1996, Ted thinks it was about back then, decided to host a conference on prayer. Does that ring a bell? Pastor, prayer ministry who's hosting this event, our time together. Somebody in this church was prompted by the Spirit to invite Ted Elmore to come from Dallas to come here, right here, right here, and teach on praying the heart of God. I was sitting right there. The Spirit is moving. The Spirit is prompting. The Spirit is guiding. At that time, Ted was doing this three-hour conference over a period of three nights. You might have preferred that three nights instead of coming here in one session. But we're doing it in one session. But at that time, he, they had hosted a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I believe it was, session. And Jean Ward, who was the administrative assistant to the pastor... I believe it was Bill Blackburn at that time, it was, called and asked me, I was just home doing my own thing, and said, can you go to lunch with Ted Elmore and a few other members from the church because he's here three days and he needs to be entertained, and so we're setting up some lunches. I said, yes, it was an everyday common occurrence just to go eat lunch. That is not a big deal, right? I said, yes, I'll go eat lunch. So I'm sitting here at the table beside Ted Elmore, and we're visiting, and he, just, he learns about my passion for evangelism and sharing Christ. And Ted Elmore, by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, asked me if I would be willing to serve on the Women Reaching Texas Task Force from Dallas. I couldn't ever quite understand what it was, 
But I, by the Spirit, felt prompted to say yes. I got on an airplane, everyday occurrence. You get on planes, you travel, you go from point A to point B. I got on an airplane and I flew to Dallas and I still didn't quite understand what Women Reaching Texas was. But I got there and became familiar and got to know Deborah Hograber. I want to see how God uses this person and this person and this person and this person. Deborah Hograver lived in Dallas area. She had a passion for evangelism. She wanted her brothers and sisters in Christ to know Jesus. And she believed with all of her heart that it was that when Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, teaching and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. She believed that the Great Commission was not just for the pastor or an evangelism minister, that each of us were to be living filled by the Holy Spirit. And in the course of our day, he would use us to share Christ with others. Actually, to not share Christ is extremely selfish, and she was the opposite of that. So Deborah was the head of the Women Reaching Texas Task Force, and I wish I had a picture of all the women that were on that group. There were about 15 of us. And they decided that we needed to have an evangelism tool to teach women how to share their faith. Now, I had already taught an evangelism course here at our church that Dr. Blackburn had asked me to teach a couple of years ago. And when I was in that time of preparing to teach that evangelism course, I remember very well, Keith, when we lived on Bluff Ridge, I remember very well there in my living room working on that evangelism course that I taught and the Holy Spirit prompting me and saying, you can teach this how to share your faith, how to engage in conversations. You can teach the technique of how to uh, share the verses and which verses to share, but unless somebody is in my word, unless somebody is meeting with me, they're not going to be passionate. Unless somebody is filled with my spirit in my word, they may have all the techniques, but they're not going to share Christ. That's all I knew. He put that on my heart. That was some time ago. Now I'm in Dallas this women reaching Texas. And so they're talking about how they need to develop some little evangelism pamphlet or something like that. And I shared what the Holy Spirit had put on my heart years before. I said, you know, this, the Lord just really put on my heart one time that unless somebody is really in the Word, they can have the technique. They can have Romans 3, 23, Romans 6, 23. They can have the Roman road memorized, but they're not going to share Christ unless they're really meeting with me and they're passionate for me. And, and so if, if there was a Bible study or something, well, little did I know that when I said if there was a Bible study, that that's what the Lord had put on my heart, all the women turned and looked at me and said, will you write it? And I said, well, I've never written, you know, I, I don't write. And they all collectively, we prayed, and they all assigned to me to write the Bible study. I came home, and Keith, you remember, I, I wrote, that was my first Bible study to ever write, discovering his passion. And his passion, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's God's passion, to seek and to save that which is lost. We did not call it an evangelism course. At that time, we had about 325 ladies coming from the community to study together. And we had different leaders from Church of Christ and Episcopalian leading. And I'll never forget one day, I don't have her picture up here, but I, I want to tell you because I want us to see how the Spirit is working in this person and this person and this person. One day, Trish Seebeck came up to me, and many of you know Trish and Craig Seebeck. And she said, Debbie, I don't know if I did it right. 
And I knew the Spirit quickened in my heart that second. This is how the Spirit speaks. He quickened in my heart right then. I knew what she was going to say. And she said, our group was meeting, and, and Lori said she wasn't sure that she was a Christian. She really didn't think she was. And so we shared with her how she could know Christ as her Savior. And she prayed with us all there, right in our Bible study group, right at, at the end of it. And But she was from a different denomination. That's why she said she didn't know if she did it right. There's not a right or wrong way with, with the Word of God, is there? But a church of Christ led a Catholic to the Lord in the Baptist gym. A few years after that, our TV video ministry taped Lori sharing her testimony. The next picture you see below Deborah Hogravers, who had that vision. See, the Spirit prompted Deborah for women to share Christ with other women, and that was what was happening. Actually, we had a men's motorcycle group that also used Discovering His Passion and just changed some of the illustrations to more manly illustrations. Michelle Bowles was using Discovering His Passion in her church in Richmond. I didn't know Michelle. She was just using it, but she found my contact information and called and invited me to come speak for their Christmas tea. The Holy Spirit prompted Michelle Bowles, a woman I had never known. I agreed, and I, I went and I presented preparing our hearts for Christmas and how we can truly focus on that. While we were there, my sister, who lives in Irving, said she wanted to accompany me are we seeing all the different people God's using in all the different ways? My sister Vicki has never written a book, but she wanted to be my companion. She wanted to come and assist me as I was going to teach. Some of you may say, well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not an author. I'm not. But you may be a companion to someone in their, what they're doing, and that is just as important. Do you remember when Paul and Barnabas and Mark, they needed companions, they needed teams, they needed groups. You don't know how God's going to use you. It may be a word of exhortation. It may be a faith. It may be the prayer you pray over someone. The Holy Spirit will use every single one of us. After I spoke that night, Vicki and I went back to the hotel room, and Vicki said, well, where do you want to go to church in the morning? And she, I said, I don't know, I don't know. And we'd been invited back to Michelle's church. And Vicki said, well, why don't we go visit Beth Moore's Sunday school class? And I said, that's fine. The Spirit prompted Vicki. I called her and I asked her this weekend. I said, why did you suggest we go? Richmond is close to Houston and a suburb of Houston. And so we went to Beth Moore's class. As we were getting out of the car, my ministry was self-producing these prayer journals. As we were getting out of the car, we had some in the back, and she said, take some and see if the bookstore wants some. So I did. Exhortation, biz, uh, bossy sister, I don't know you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm hoping Vicki hears this. Uh, she's not here today. She's in Irving, but seriously, big sister, another big sister, my two big sisters, Vicki and Linda. But Vicki said, take some of those journals. The bookstore might want some of them. So I really kind of begrudgingly carried in a few of mine. After Beth spoke, I turned around to walk out the back door, and Vicki, my sister, through the Holy Spirit, how does the Holy Spirit speak? Sometimes he speaks through creation. Sometimes he speaks through the prophets in the, in the Word of God. Sometimes he speaks as we're reading Jesus' words. Sometimes he speaks through the prompting spirit to spirit. Sometimes he speaks through another person. And that day... The Spirit prompted Vicky to say, Don't you want to go tell, don't you want to go meet Beth? And 
at that time, some of y'all know this story, at that time, a spirit of pride rose in me, my fleshly carnal nature. And I said, no. And she goes, are you sure you don't want to go meet Beth Moore? And I said, no. And my prideful carnal nature was saying, she's just a Bible teacher just like me. Well, she wasn't just a Bible teacher just like me, just being used internationally. I'm, I'm sharing with you my pride, my carnal nature. Are you, are you identifying? I kept moving toward the back door, and the Holy Spirit kept saying to me, go meet Beth. And I kept walking toward the back door like this, as Vicki kept saying through the Spirit's prompting, don't you want, are you sure, Debbie? Are you sure you don't want to go meet Beth? And I kept saying, no. Finally, the Holy Spirit was no longer a little nudge. The Holy Spirit wasn't a prompt. The Spirit was, go meet her. Turn around. Go tell her thank you for what she's doing in my kingdom. Maybe the Spirit wanted to use me to say a word of of blessing and encouragement to Beth. I turned around. I went. I stood in line to meet Beth more. I finally got up to Beth. I had my prayer journal prayer journals in my hand, and I said what the Spirit prompted me to say. Friends, I'm, 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 I'm really wanting to put a picture together here. Ted Elmore, Deborah Hograber, doing my Bible study in Richmond, Michelle Bowles, God used her to call me. I'm there. Vicki, with the gift of exhortation and encouragement, wants to accompany me a word of of testament that we should go visit Beth Moore. Don't I want to turn around? No, I don't want to turn around. The Spirit using her mouth and words to turn me around with the pounding in my heart and me finally up there saying to Beth Moore, thank you for what you are doing in the kingdom. Those were my exact words. I'll never forget it because the Holy Spirit told me to say those exact words. Thank you for what you're doing in the kingdom of God. And she looked down and said, oh, your journal is so pretty. Or she said, oh, that's so pretty. What is it? Well, I was kind of tongue-twisted meeting Beth Moore, and I just kind of stammered and told her it was a prayer journal in here. You can have it if you want it. We left. That was the end of the story, except for the fact that I went home and I said to myself, oh, she will never look at that prayer journal. She is way too busy to ever look at that prayer journal. She's going to toss my prayer journal over on a bookcase and we'll never look at it again. And Here is how the Spirit speaks, friends. I was actually in my prayer time, and I thought, she will never, she won't ever even look at that silly prayer journal as I had mine open. And the Spirit spoke to my heart, and he said, what if I want her to have that same format? I want her to have that journal because I gave that format to you. It works for you. It will work for her as she does my kingdom work. Pray that she will take the time to read it, Debbie. The Spirit led me to pray that Beth Moore would take the time to read the instructions in the back. Two weeks later, I walked in my office, and sweet little Cynthia Itchner said, you will never guess who called. And I said, who? And she said, Beth Moore. She called and ordered prayer journals to give to all of her staff and volunteers for Christmas presents. And Beth Moore sent me a sweet, sweet thank you note. Now, if I could go back... Ted Elmore, 
Michelle Bowles, Deborah Hograver. Do you see? You at this moment, on this day, may not have a clue why God has you sitting in a church or visiting with somebody when we take our break in a moment or calling someone that we don't have a clue. You may be, get an invitation to go to lunch with someone. You don't have a clue. Your women's ministry director or someone may call you and ask you for a job. We don't have a clue. Are we supposed to do every single thing every single person asks us? No, 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 no. That's why I, there's a ministry here at the church uh, with Kelly that she's doing that I really, in my flesh, and my heart, and it's all wonderful, and I want to do it. But as I prayed about it, I, the Lord was like, no, Debbie, you do not have time for that assignment. There's somebody else that gets to have that assignment. And see, friends, if we take everything that a human asks us to do, then we're robbing another person of being in that spiritually anointed place. So we don't have to say yes to every single thing. But we do need to pray so that we see that the Lord is leading. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop with the person who asked Ted Elmore, that nameless person, and we don't even know who that nameless person's parents were that raised him to the light. You may say, I don't know my job. Your job may be being a mama. Your job may be being a daddy. Your job may be being a grandparent, but you're one that is filled with God's spirit so that he's using you in that. The Hill Country Ministries Board of Directors at that time decided since I was writing and people were using it all over the Hill Country that I should go to a writer's conference. God used and spoke to my board of directors' hearts. I would never thought about going to a writer's conference. You may be asked to serve on a committee or on a team or on a board. Don't just say, no, because God may want to use you on that team, on that board, on that committee. The Spirit is leading. The Spirit is speaking in everyday occurrences, people, and places. I showed up at Glorieta in New Mexico not having a clue what to do. But the first morning I went and I sat down with my little homemade prayer journal in front of Chris Howard and Phyllis Boltinghouse and said, this is the prayer journal that I've been using. It's, it has a different format that the Lord gave me and answered a prayer. And Beth Moore in, has been using it. And here's her little thank you note to me. The next thing I know, I'm on an airplane. They're flying me to West Monroe, Louisiana. For you, those of you who like Duck Dynasty, that's where <laughs> West Monroe, Louisiana. They flew me to West Monroe, Louisiana to meet and offered me the two book contracts that I never wanted to write a book. Do we see how God has worked? Do we see how God has worked? I had no idea that God would ever want to take the book and use it in a conference format, but on April 2nd, 2008, at 4 a.m., the Spirit woke me up. I sat straight up in bed in the dark, and God, through the Spirit, said to me, you are not doing everything I want you to do. And that made my eyes pop open. I jumped out of bed. He said, he said, this is, I remember his words very clearly. He said, my daughters in my kingdom are hurting. They're depressed. They're, they're discouraged. And the principles and pray with purpose, live with passion work. I want you to take it as a conference to every state. And I do not want you to charge your speaking fee or your travel expenses. I freely gave it to you, and I want you to freely give it to them. I got out of bed. I went into my study. I started to kneel like I do first thing every morning, and he said, don't kneel. Get up at your desk and write down everything I'm telling you. I got up before I even hit the floor all the way. I sat there, and for two hours, I sat there with my laptop and wrote down everything he told me to do. He said that he wanted, and I don't think I even, I don't have the pictures. I wanted to include it 
There's so much to the story. The musicians he used, the, the people he used. But this is what's really fun is that after I told the Lord, yes, of course I would do it, not knowing how it would be funded because my ministry didn't have funds for me to be traveling around. But, but at 6 a.m. he confirmed it. I got back in my debt. I, I, after writing everything the Lord put on my heart, I got back down again. And I said, Lord, you know I will do this. But I said it would really help if you could kind of, I had some confirmation. I got back up and I had, I wrote a blog. At that time, it was a different blog I was writing and I just shared what God had put on my heart. Now, this is, this is so fun. This is what happens when you're a spirit-filled Christian. Jenny Smith in Georgia read my blog and immediately replied and said, we'd love for you to come to our church in Georgia. A sweet little spirit-filled mom sitting at her desk, everyday occurrence, everyday person, everyday place, spirit-filled, filled with God's spirit, felt prompted to read the blog and to respond. We'd love for you to come to our church. Hers was the first church I went to with the Prime of Passion Conference. It's so sweet. That same morning, within like a few minutes, this next lady, Melinda Garman in Florida, she is cleaning toilets. She has shared the story with me. Everyday places, everyday people, everyday occurrences. She and her husband were getting ready to leave town on a trip, and she wanted the house to be clean, and she said she was cleaning her toilet when the Holy Spirit prompted her and said, go read Debbie Williams' blog. You think I'm making this up? Trust me, I would be way too embarrassed to make up a story like this. And I wouldn't have used the example of cleaning the toilets. I would have said cooking. But I want to share with you how it happens. She was cleaning the toilets. Melinda Garman, not knowing why, got up out of the bathroom, cleaning the toilets, went, opened her computer, went to my blog, read it, and the Spirit said, I want you to bring the Pray With Passion Conference to your church. Hers was the second church I went to. I had asked God, would you please confirm it? Yes, Lord, I will do it if you want me to do it. But could I please have some confirmation? And he gave it that morning with two women. I have never known but two women who were in Georgia and Florida. It's now been to 32 states. When, you, when people ask me, they say, well, how do people hear about you? Because I've never had anybody do marketing or I don't have a publicist person or whatever. I mean, I just don't. Uh, but I want to share with you about Janet Spencer in New Jersey. How does the Spirit speak? Does the Spirit speak? Yes, 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 yes. This is all about celebrating today the Holy Spirit because he wants to speak to you in an airport in Dallas. That's what happened with Janet Spencer. She lives in New Jersey. She is in a, in a Dallas airport, DFW. She strolls into a bookstore. She's just meandering through the bookstore. And her eye catches, pray with purpose, live with passion on the bookshelf. She pulls it down, and the Holy Spirit says, buy this book and take it home and read it. She flies back to New Jersey. She reads it. She shares with a sister church about it, and then I'm on an airplane to New Jersey to share the Private Passion Conference. 
it just, it just goes on and on and on. Thank you, Ted Elmore, for coming to our church, for being obedient to the Spirit's prompting when maybe you would have liked to have stayed home with Cheryl that night. Thank you, child care workers who are downstairs right now with some of your children. Thank you, Trinity Baptist Church Prayer Ministry. Sandy West, do you see her little picture right there? She's on the back row. Wave, Sandy. When, we first, when Pastor Wheat first came to this church, he didn't know me from Adam. But I had shared with him one time that I had a passion for prayer and that if, he, if there was ever any way that the church wanted to use me, I was available. He could have blown that off. He didn't. He's a spirit-filled, spirit-led pastor, and he mentioned it to Sandy. Sandy is a spirit-filled, spirit-led woman, and she asked me if maybe I could come and teach the Prime of Passion Conference here. My sister, Linda McConaughey, who's in that picture with uh, uh, Cindy Lukowski. Cindy is my niece. Linda's daughter, she's deaf. My niece, Cindy, is deaf. For the first time ever, I've been teaching the Bible for years. Last year, Linda said, oh, if you're teaching, could you please have some deaf interpreters come so Cindy could hear with her eyes. See, a lot of times the way the Spirit speaks is, we hear with our eyes reading. We hear with our eyes seeing a need. We hear with our eyes looking up and worshiping our Lord, our Creator. These sweet ladies, would y'all please, would you stand, Linda, since you're sitting now? They're having to trade out because I'm talking so long so fast, and <laughs> they have to have breaks. <laughs> and so they, they were switching out, but the, I, I, was, I started on a search for how I could find a deaf interpreter, and the Lord led me through mutual Christians to them. They've driven here from San Antonio. They came here last year, and for the first time, Cindy was able to sit in front of the screen, and her little face light up, and her learn, and her knowledge grow, and she understood how we can look up at the Lord, and we can praise and repent and ask and yield. And she's now taken the DVD. They filmed it last year, and she's now taken the DVD to the deaf ministry at her church. Do you see the trickle effect? Do you see the trickle effect? Because my spirit-filled sister, Linda McConaughey, had a broken heart for her adult daughter who couldn't hear. What's your heart broken over? How's the spirit prompting you to want to do something. Even though it may not be you doing it directly, it might be you influencing or you asking, could we have this ministry? Could we have this? Now, Mark Ross is right there, and he kind of squirmed when I told him that I was going to uh, include his picture on here and mentioned uh, violation of privacy laws or whatever. But uh, he, he, he allowed me to share this. Last year, as we were preparing for the Pray With Passion Conference, he emailed me, by the Spirit's prompting, and said, would you like for us to video it so it could be live streamed so people beyond the church walls could see it? Because Mark is in a position in this church of wanting to tape so that whatever is happening here on Sunday mornings with the pastor or other events, because he, God has called him into the TV ministry. And you might say, well, I just don't really like to work with children or work at retirement homes or be in the choir. Well, do you like TVs? Okay, 
Do you like, look, I'm, I'm so thankful to these TV operators who are doing this today. Thank you, TV ministry. There are so many different ministries. But God used them, and because it was live streamed last year, people in India, Ghana, and Mexico heard what was being presented. Does it blow you away? It does me. Yes, the Spirit speaks. And the question is, are we listening up? Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about how to grow in Christ or to be saved, visit www.debbietaylorwilliams.com. Connect with me on Instagram at Debbie Taylor Williams. God bless you.